Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Buy Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav, and I am so anxious to go on vacation. There was a little bit of a hiccup, which, oh, even just thinking about it, it just frustrates me, but it's fine. Everything's going to work out. So basically, I'm just going to tell you everything that went down. So basically, we surprised my parents uh, in like 2019 with a cruise. So when we booked, I mean, it got canceled a lot because of COVID. When we finally booked for like this next week, I think we did it in like November. Apparently, um, so we got two rooms and apparently we only paid the deposit for one room even though like the guy that was helping us said like hey because of your credit you only have to pay this so honestly it was on like both of us like both us and our cruise guy um but he's like no you don't have to pay the other one so we didn't and then we didn't think anything of it until this week when we're trying to like check into the cruise and they're saying that this other room is canceled and we're like what no it's not canceled and they're like, well, you didn't pay this deposit, so it was canceled back in December. And we're like, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, you should have gotten an email, which we look back in JR's email because he doesn't check his emails really, and he has like 7,000 in there. I don't know how I can't do that. Anyways, it was there saying that we had to do this deposit, even though we had like talked to the guy. So, yes, it was canceled. So now there are no rooms left. We're on this wait list. So basically, um, if this doesn't go through, my parents are going to go on a cruise by themselves. And me and JR are going to figure out something else. So uh, we have to call like every day leading up to the cruise just to see if like the wait list has changed or the status and anything like that. Um, just to see if we can get on this ship. So, yeah, we just have to wait and see. <laughs> and um, it leaves on Saturday, and today is Tuesday. So we're just going to uh, hope for the best. And on Friday, if we learn that we're not going to get on the ship, then we have to cancel our flights and figure something else out. So everyone just hope for the best that we can get a room on the ship we told them like we will take any room like it doesn't matter we just have to be on the ship and yeah if not that's okay well my parents will just go on their very first cruise all by themselves which we had to go on our very first one all by ourselves so they'll be fine they're adults um but we are just really excited to go with them obviously like I don't know. We're just burnt out. And at this point, I feel like everyone is burnt out. It's just been a weird year. Um, and I just want a vacation. So anyways, stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm just reading and packing and, you know, trying to figure out what we want to do. Uh, I did read this book that we're going to talk about. I read it yesterday. Um, and I read it within like a couple hours. I stayed up very, very late because there was just not a book that I really like wanted to do. So I was like, I'm going to start reading this one. I was sucked in like immediately. It is so good. <laughs> I don't know how I found this probably just on Amazon. Um, but we are on episode 69 and the book is called Light Lark by Alec Astor. And I highly recommend it. 
for my mom and my sister. Like I texted them right after and I said, you have to read this book. But once again, it is a book one and I have no idea when book two is coming out. This one was released last year in August. So I'm hoping sometime this year the second book comes out because like the story wraps up, but also is left on a cliffhanger. So it's like not a heavy, heavy cliffhanger where you're like mad at it. It's like a cliffhanger where it's like, okay, I feel pretty satisfied with the story, but also I'm really excited for the next one. You know what I'm saying? Um, This is a fantasy enemies to lovers, but also not really lovers, like very, very minimal spice but kind of a little bit of tension where there you kind of get like a spicy feel, um, but nothing like inappropriate, nothing that makes you blush, nothing like that. Like there's a little bit of kissing, but like nothing at all. And, but I was totally fine with that because I was so like, I loved the story. I loved the characters. I loved the world that was built I just, I don't know, it made sense. Like, this world made sense that they had created. So, I don't know. It was just a good book. It was satisfying. Um, So, I don't want to tell you, like, everything, but I kind of will. I don't know. I'm, I'm really stuck between this because, of course, most of my episodes are spoilers, but this one, like, there's, there's literally so many twists at the end that you're like, holy crap, I had no idea. And I want to tell you them, but also I don't. Um, but also, like, I probably will. <laughs> like, I'm probably going to tell you everything. So just beware. I highly recommend this book. So if you're like, ooh, if she highly recommends it, I want to read it, then don't keep listening. It's totally fine to, like, read the book and then come back. I'll always be here. Um, But also, if you're like, I really don't have time to read this book, that's okay. Listen along, you know, Um, and then you can always go back and read it. So it's it's always here. Um, But I am going to tell you all the twists and turns that happen. So buckle up Um, again. This is a fantasy book and it opens up with Isla Crown. Her name is Isla. Her last name is Crown. And she uh, fell through a puddle of stars into faraway places. So that's how it starts out. You're like, what are you talking about? A puddle of stars. Um, so we find out even after five years, like she's been doing these this portaling. She portals after five years. Um, she's uh, that she still doesn't really have a handle on it. And she has this star stick that helps her portal. She doesn't know anything really about this device, but it just it allows her to travel hundreds of miles in seconds. So um, she gets back from her last portaling and um, her guardians come in, Poppy and Tara, and they have trained her since birth. She doesn't have any other blood like she has no other family. Um, These were her guardians and they trained her through everything. Literally, she was trained in everything because Um, In this land, it's called the Centennial, which um, the Centennial was kind of a game. Um, So it basically was a chance at breaking the freaking many curses that plagued like the six realms. And it was also an opportunity to win all the power. And it was a meeting of the six rulers. So six six realms, six rulers. And a hundred days on the island, cursed only appear every once every hundred years. So let me, I'll rephrase all that. Every hundred years, 
there's this island that pops up for a hundred days and the rulers of these realms they met on this island to play these like games and demonstrations basically trying to break the curses that were cursed over all of them um so 500 years before is when these like curse happened so each of the six realms we have the wildling the starling the moonling the skyling sunling and nightshade which all those all those realms are not super creative but that's okay so they were all cursed and their strengths turned into their own like personal poison so the wildlings which isla is the queen of or the princess the ruler um they were cursed to kill anyone they fell in love with and to live exclusively off human hearts so they turned into like these terrifying beautiful monsters with like a really strong power to seduce with a, a single look so with that of course thousands of wildling men and women had been killed off love became forbidden fewer children were born and daughters had always been more common for that realm in general so now it is time for the centennial she's been trained there's a portal that only works every hundred years she walks through it every hundred years since like the curse has been cast the island that I was talking about earlier is called Light Lark. Um, it appears for 100 days, uh, in, but around the 100 days, it has this like storm that nobody can get passed through. Uh, so each of the rulers of the realms were invited to journey from the new lands, uh, which they had settled after fleeing Light Lark to try to break the curse, binding each of their powers and the island itself. So all of the rulers went on this journey except for nightshade nightshade actually had the power to spin curses so they obviously were the prime suspects after like creating this curse so they weren't ever really allowed to come and participate in the centennial but this year uh the light lark king actually invited the nightshade to this coming year um so having this said that like most of the rulers were hundreds of years old like 500 years old, basically. And uh, except for Isla and the ruler of Starling, they were both very new. Um, Starling's curse had actually been like one of the, the cruelest. No one in their realm lived past the age of 25. That would be insane to be a part of. You know, like 25 is when people end, like everyone would be so young. And I just don't even know if there would be like, I imagine that I'm like having a hard time imagining that if we lived in a world where everyone died at 25 just imagine like there would I don't know if there would be as much like technology or innovation or like organization even government I don't know I don't know actually how it would work so several thousands of years ago the island was cut into several pieces so basically each realm could have their own place um, the Nightshades actually left the island shortly afterwards to, be, to form their own island. Wildlings left after the curses. And the pieces that remained were like the Star Isle, the Sky Isle, the Moon Isle, and the Sun Isle. Um, and then there was the mainland where all the realms had traditionally like gathered together. That was kind of the Centennial's base. Um, so the Sunling ruler, he was the king of Lightlark. He actually was the last remaining origin 
and he had the blood from each of the four realms that still had a presence on the island. So he could wield each of the four light lark powers. Um, 500 years before, which we talked about, was the Night of the Curses, and that's where all six rulers perished. So their power and responsibility basically were transferred to their heirs, and all of them except for the new king fled the island's instability to basically create the new lands. The curse for the sunlings, they had been cursed never to feel the warmth of sunlight or to see the brightness of day. So basically forced to shun that which gave them power. So we know the wildlings curse. We now th know the sunlings curse. And we go back to that star stick that Isla had. She had found it in her mother's things about five years prior. She's basically been locked in her room her whole life, like in this prison, because we learn that Isla actually doesn't have any powers. And so her guardians were trying to protect her from the kingdom, um, like from them finding out. And so she was basically trapped. So when she found this light, like star stick, um, she was able to travel everywhere and see like the new realms. And um, she actually came across uh, the starling uh, leader her name is Celeste and they actually became really really good friends and Celeste had actually recognized the star stick as an ancient starling relic too so they had been working behind the scenes for a couple years um, and nobody knows that they know each other nobody knows that they've been working together so going into the centennial they have to act as if they don't know each other there was a prophecy, though, to break these curses, and uh, one of the rulers, one of the six rulers actually has to die, and it's one of the reasons why Centennial was such a risky affair, like, you really needed to be prepared for it, because one of the rulers could die, um, and yes, Isla... She'd been born without the Wildlings' curse or their powers, so she's literally been locked away. Um, and without power to give, uh, like, to her realm, it was steadily dying. But so far, people blamed their curses and the length of time away from Lightlark for the deaths that have been happening in the realm. Um, but we kind of know that, like, some people are starting to become suspicious of Isla as well. So she goes to the Centennial. All of the, the leaders of the realms are there. They gather together. Um, the king has to basically go over the rules every year. Um, the first rule is, like, a ruler may not assassinate or attempt to assassinate another ruler until the 50th day. And then uh, when, pairs, when pairs are decided on the 25th day, a ruler may not assassinate their partner. So the second rule, all rulers must attend and participate in every centennial event. And the third rule is to participate, no ruler can have an heir. So basically, that rule is so their death would be successful in eliminating their familial line and breaking the curse, according to the prophecy. So it basically means the end of their realm forever. That's why it's like a really big ideal. It's the end of a realm. Uh, so they go over those rules. She meets uh, the ruler of Nightshade, Grimm, and there's something familiar about him, and she's kind of attracted to him. Um, he's gruff, he's like really silent, he's kind of like just sh really shady. Um, and he says something to her, and uh, I think she was like nervous around him. 
And he says, like, I can read flashes of emotions, like fear, anger. And so she's like, okay, I know to kind of stay away from him. Uh, and we learn her plan. Like, her and Celeste, um, they are trying to find the bond breaker. So that was their plan. So in a room full of, like, manuscripts taken from Lightlark, Celeste was um, – she found, like, a text speaking of, like, an enchanted relic. So it's basically a giant glass needle with two sharp points on, like, either side that could break any bond that imprisoned a person and their family line, so including curses. And according to the text, the bond breaker was hidden deep within the library on Lightlark. So the bond breaker would only break their realm's curses, not the rest, so they wouldn't win the power... So they wouldn't win the prize of the power promised in the prophecy. So basically, um, there's the centennial, and if s if one of the rulers beats the centennial or wins it, they get all the power that was put into these curses. So that's a lot of power. Instead, um, Isla and Celeste, they're trying to find this bond breaker, which is hidden in the library, so that they can break the curses just on their realms and they don't care about the power they don't care about any of that because they are thinking that once this curse is broken that then isla can get her powers and she can be like a ruler an actual ruler so that's their plan that's like kind of their behind the scenes plan and in the meantime through centennial each of the rulers has to demonstrate or show their power um, and you never know when these demonstrations are going to start. You don't know what the other ruler is planning for their demonstration. And so I believe it was like the second day and they had to like, they already were starting their demonstration. So the first one was Grimm, who is the nightshade ruler. And he chose um, as his demonstration like a duel. So he paired uh, people together and he actually paired him and Isla together they actually were the only two rulers without any of their people present. And they were the two most hated as well because they think that she and the wildlings are these savages. They eat hearts, everything like that. Um, but because Isla doesn't have any power or the curse isn't over her, she doesn't actually have to eat hearts, but she doesn't want to tell anyone that, obviously. So they have this duel, and she actually beats him. And so she's, like, really nervous, like, Okay, he's going to be really mad. But when she turns to him, he was, like, really thrilled, which made no sense to her. And so then um, Oro, who is the Sunling King or, like, the Lightlark King, um, he wins the other matches as well. So then it goes to Oro and Isla against each other. And they are a very good, like, pair. They really go back and forth. And she definitely could have won. Um, but she hesitated because she saw Celeste over her shoulder and um, it wasn't part of the plan really to be in front of everyone or be the attention or win or things like that. So she loses. And so when she meets up with Celeste later that day, Celeste is like, what are you doing? Like, you beat Grimm. You nearly beat the king. Like, do you want to make these enemies? Like, like we have a plan. Like, complete the demonstrations without notice. Be the young, inexperienced rulers they already see us as. So the winner of the demonstration hopefully pair up. That allows us to search for the bond breaker to work together without having to hide our alliance. 
And she's like, you're right, you're right. Like, I just kind of got into it. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I have her plan in mind. Um, so then a couple days later, the next demonstration um, goes. And I believe it is the windling guy, Azor. Um, and he wants everyone, um, he says, like, would you honor us with a demonstration of your power? And in her head, she's like, oh, damn, I don't have any power. How am I going to demonstrate this? I, they had this plan. Her and her uh, guardians had this plan that when she got there, she needed to immediately seduce the king and kind of, like, make him like her so that she could, like, take one of his potions. And that would be her power. Like, she would kind of play it off as her power that this po whatever this potion would do but she didn't have time for that and so as they're going down these lines she's thinking of like oh my gosh what am i supposed to do um so we go to grim he opens his palm the room changes suddenly there's like a hundred of him standing by each other um and so he has a lot of different powers but he just shows that one and so as each of like the the rulers go through we see like their powers and then it goes to island she's like okay here we go and she's like king would you assist me in my demonstration so he gets up and she takes this like a uh, hair clip out and it's actually like a throwing star and she wraps a, a like a ribbon around her face and then she throws it at him and it goes like right above his head so she's like demonstrating like um basically her her power not her powers but she's basically like her ability to throw throwing stars or to wield a weapon and she hadn't used a drop of power and nobody really noticed because they were so like impressed by her aim and her ability to be able to like yield these weapons um and then it was the king's turn and he placed his hand on the table and it turned to solid gold which basically is an impossible power. So thousands of years ago, it was said that like starlings could make diamonds and wildlings could make emeralds and rubies basically grow in their palm like flowers and sunlings could turn goblets to gold. So they haven't seen that power in a really, really long time. So everyone is very like, what? Uh, so a couple days go by and while they're trying to find these different libraries because they think that that's where the bond breaker is, um, she also finds out that there is this barkeeper that um, has a lot of people come in but not a lot of people like leave with drinks or drinking. So she figures out that he probably sells something other than liquor, which honestly it's probably like information. So... Um, she goes to him. He's like, hey, I'll tell you a secret if you tell me one of your secrets. So she does. And um, she asks, like, how do I get past the guards on the moon aisle? Um, I have to go and search their library first. And he says, you know what? There's no guards during the full moon when the moonling curse is at its strongest. So all moonlings retreat to the safety of their castle then, which happens on, I think they said, like, the 20th day of the centennial couple days later is when it's Celeste's demonstration, and her demonstration is a trial of fear. So basically, whoever conquers their greatest fear first is the winner. And there's this um, mirror, and each of the rulers take turns. They put their palm on this mirror, and then they go through a series of their fears and get pulled into this vision or whatever. Um, 
And so they go through all that. They do the different timing, like whoever was first wins that little trial. Um, and afterwards, when they all leave, um, that's when Celeste gets these like um, gloves. I don't know how she found these, but they're these gloves that she puts one of them against each handprint um, of the rulers. So then it's basically like their fingerprint to be able to get into like these secret libraries that they found out. So now she has like five of these gloves and she makes sure that Isla has them as well so that Isla can get into these libraries. Then it comes to the point where it's now Isla's turn to do her demonstration and she wants to know and she wants them to demonstrate the worth of their realm by showing something of value that it's created for the future of Lightlark, which is, I think is a very cool, like very, um, I don't know. I just really like that. She asked that, like basically what has your realm done to help the rest of the realms? She basically wanted to show that wildlings weren't crazy and that they weren't wicked as like rumor has said and they weren't like these crazy demons basically monsters throughout these different trials she is kind of stuck by grim um he has been very um forthcoming with her and has kind of like stuck by her side as well so they kind of create this little bond and she starts to ask him more questions because he's been around for a really long time like he knows a lot of stuff and um, he asks her, like, do you know how Lightlark was created? And she's like, well, yeah, it was formed by Oro's ancestor, the first origins, like Horus Ray. And he's like, well, yeah, but that's a lie. The island was actually created by two people, not just Horus, but also Cronin, um, his own ancestor. So Lightlark became really powerful, like more powerful than either of the, the two people anticipated. And it actually made, like, both men really greedy. They turned against each other, which ended in a duel, naturally. Um, and when Cronin uh, lost, all of the Nightshades fled to form their own island, but n obviously not nearly as strong as Lightlark. So she's like, oh, okay. So obviously that there was this little war between the two. So now she has more knowledge about everything. Um, then it goes to the next demonstration, which uh, it was the Moonling ruler. Her name is Cleo, and she seems really evil. Like, <laughs> I don't know, just a feel about her. Um, and her test is of desire. So basically, a true ruler must deny the selfish wants of their heart for the good of the realm. So they are going to be guided through a maze by their heart, and it will lead you to what you most desire, and whoever gets there first wins the trial but it's also like underwater and it just is a lot so she uh so isla doesn't win she has a hard time through it but she's able to reach the end um and that next morning she had gone through like a lot of hypothermia and was injured um but the next morning she was like oh my gosh it's the 20th day of the centennial which remember like it was the full moon and it was her only chance to go to moon isle and she is able to get there. She has to, like, climb up this tower. Somehow she gets in, and she's able to find the secret library. And the floor had frosted over it, so she was able to basically, like, 
thaw a little bit of the ice so that she can see like the second library underneath the first one. So there was a lot of relics in there, but she wasn't able to find the bond breaker and the guards had found her. So she used the star stick um, to get her back to the main place. So we at this point have found out that the bond breaker wasn't in the star island, um, that the bond breaker wasn't in the star isle, sky isle or the moon isle libraries. So basically the only place left was the sun isle. Um, at that point, it now was the king's turn to do a demonstration, but they didn't know that it was happening, so they just thought that they were having this, like, tea party, and they all finished their tea, and they noticed at the bottom of the tea were these letters, and so by the time she finished her third cup of tea, her blood had basically gone cold, like, it was, she had, like, a moment of fear, and that's when the king rose and he said, welcome to my demonstration. This is no ordinary tea. It's truth tea. So your greatest secret is written in the leaves. And hers spelt out, I have no power. And he says, whoever shares their secret wins my trial. And each leader pushes their cup off of the table to crush it. And um, at the very end, it's just Oro and Cleo who were left. So, and this was the last trial as well. Like, and they were both tied for first. And so basically whoever won, this one would decide the matches the rulers would break into. And so um, Cleo, she finally pushes hers. And so the king wins. And then he looks at everyone and he holds up the first cup and it says, I... And then he holds up the second one, and it says am. And then he holds up the third one, and it says dying, which is very, very alarming because Oro's life is the force. It was, like, directly correlated with the island. So basically the island is dying, and he was the strongest of them. He was a freaking origin, um, and he had all of them combined, um, and he was dying, basically. So they're all kind of freaked out, like – okay, we really, like, need to break these curses because this is probably the last centennial we'll have. Um, so, yeah, freaks him out. So, of course, he won. He gets to pick, like, everyone's partners, and he actually chooses Isla. And she's like, what? Like, nobody expected this. Like, Celeste, Celeste is kind of mad. Like, Isla is very, like, suspicious. And later, when she meets up with the king, he's like, you see, like, I require a knowledge of nature, and you clearly possess that because at one point um, in the book, she had made a comment about a rash that was on his arm and knew exactly what it was from. And being a wildling, she knows nature. She knows what's going on. Um, so she's like, <laughs> what? And he's like, okay, well, if I can trust you, you can trust me. I am actually looking for Light Lark's heart, which is uh, the source of its power, basically its life force. And she's like, mm, isn't that you? And he's like, no, I'm the island's conduit. And so they're thinking in order to get this heart, they'll have this power to be able to break the curses. Um, so her and Oro are searching. Um, he found in this book that they have to find where like light and darkness meet or something or like. I can't remember what the first their first clue was that he had found in this book, 
Um, but they have to go to d- these different locations to check all of these greenery to see if it like would hide a heart or like the root of the heart. So they're going to all these different locations all over the different islands and looking for the heart. And during these searches, they kind of get to know each other, kind of not. The king is very standoffish, but he asks her, like, do you know why killing isn't allowed until the 50th day? He said it's it's because choosing the right ruler and realm to die is the difficult part, like not just because we'd be sentencing thousands to death, but because all of our futures depend on making the right decision because there's so much like intermingling. Like um, we learned that the wildling ruler, his husband was of like the starling. And so um, if like the starlings were to die, then it affects the windlings. And you know what I'm saying? Like they're all interconnected. And so that's why it's so difficult to see and choose like basically which realm were to die the next day or a couple days I don't know the timeline of it but her and Celeste um, are needing to go and buy weapons in the town and when they leave um, she like Isla gets like captured she gets like held down um, and Celeste comes and like kills them and they have figured out that these people were moonlings. And so they think that it was um, Cleo that had them go after them. So Celeste is like, hello, they tried to kill you. Um, you need to leave a message showing that you're strong, like kind of make her think twice. And so um, Isla actually takes the blood and she writes, try harder um, as the message. So, um on another night when her and the king are searching more locations, she asks him, like, show me where the wildlings lived when they were on Light Lark. And so he does. Um, and it's in disarray, obviously, a lot of overgrowth. Not There's, like, no buildings left. There's, like, one building, and they call it the Place of Mirrors. Um, and so she goes in, and there's this, like, spot in the wall that's kind of a place for a key but it's kind of massive and so a key wouldn't fit in there and so she kind of always has that in the back of her mind Um, but this place of mirrors is the only place on the island where all the powers other than the wildlings of course are repressed and only the wildling ability works inside so it's kind of like a, a safe haven for her and she continues to search the libraries on every aisle and the 50th day is almost there and so they're not they're not finding this bond breaker they're not finding the heart and yeah I guess it was like they were looking at the places left where darkness meets light um and they were thinking where like the nightshade meets like the light shade or the the sunling basically or light lark meeting the nightshade that's what it was um so they were trying to look at all the places that those two territories met and there was like eight spots and so we were they were going through all the different spots um and at this point she's felt like she was starting to trust oro who's the king and so she a, a little bit inquires of him um and she asks like hey uh is there like a relic on the island that can break any bond like maybe that can break the curses or like with maybe someone could wield it trying to be like nonchalant about it and he's like no honestly if there was I would have found a way to use it and so she's like "Mm, I don't really know like if he's telling me the truth 
Um, so the last place that they looked where darkness met light was this ice place. It was like these glaciers. And there were three women actually trapped within the ice. And there were the oracles. So Oro, having the, the power of the sun basically in fire, he melts one of the oracles. She wakes up. And she's like, oh, you know, it's been a, a long time since I saw a sunling and a wildling side by side. Um, I've been warned not to help you, but, you know, I'm just a little bit curious. And they're like, oh, well, we seek the heart of light lark. Is it here? And, and the oracle smiles and says, like, it's near, nearer than you know, but there are lies and liars all around you, Isla Crown. So that gets her thinking. And they're like, okay, so it's close. It's on moonling i think that they were on like the moon isle or moonling isle i can't remember what it's called um but they knew that it was on that island that they needed to keep looking for um for this this heart and we learn about the heart i think we learn about it a little bit later but the heart like blooms or blossoms whenever it's needed in different places each time i was getting a little bit homesick and so she chose to use like her star stick to look into her homeland and it is actually gone basically the forests have been raised the wildling palace was nearly destroyed villages were empty uh she thought it was an illusion um but it's not they're they're in disarray and she's like you know what i need this power at the end like i need to win and so um the king at one point had told her hey if you tell me like your secret then i will let you win at the end and i'll let you basically take this power and choose which realm to destroy and she's like, I need that. So she goes to him and tells him that she's powerless. She has no powers. And um, later that day, all the rulers come together because essentially all these rulers are trying to find a way to break the curses. And so, but they're, they're being sneaky about it because, of course, each of them want to win and get the source. But, like, they also want to work together to see if they can you know break the curses so um the king tells everyone like hey isla and i have scored the island for this relic we believe that might have been used like 500 years ago uh we think maybe wielding it was like the original offense and and that its power created the curses and so he's like i think that we should mix up the matches and isla's like what like he doesn't he doesn't want to work with me anymore so then he tells cleo like hey would it suit you to be matched so maybe we can search like the moon isle for this relic together isla's like what the heck like is has he been using me like am i now useless like obviously celeste warned me like what is going on cleo she's pretty smart she's like uh, -uh, uh like is this just a strategy between you and her like what's happening he's like actually Isla Crown doesn't have any powers. Um, okay. Betrayal? The king freaking told everyone that Isla doesn't have powers. She was trying to keep that secret from everyone. Like, that is her demise. And he just tells them. And so we're like, okay, uh, obviously the king is on our shit list. Like, we don't like him anymore. So Grimm is there, and they've created, like, this friendship um, a little bit of spice, not really. He actually takes her away. He's able to, like, teleport them. And 
for her safety, obviously, and she takes up place at the place of mirrors, and she's kind of devastated. Like, she really trusted the king, and they created a friendship, and he just, like, betrayed her. And it's like, boo, that really sucks. <laughs> so she is trying to get a hold of Juniper, which Juniper was that barkeeper that she had talked about previously that had given her answers. And so she sent a letter for him, and she didn't get any return. Like, she asked him if he knew of any, like, hidden library or if there was a rumor or anything really to help her win. Um, and he sent a reply. Actually, he did send a reply. I don't know why I said he didn't. But he sent a reply that said and hinted that he had something worthwhile that he knew, like, who cast the curses. And so she goes um, to meet him because she hadn't heard anything more from him. So she's like, I'm going to go meet him. And his bar is actually destroyed and he's dead. And uh, there are words like carved out above him saying hard enough, question mark. So (laughs) obviously it's Cleo because like they've been going back and forth. Cleo obviously knows that Isla was using Juniper and like hard enough, like try harder, hard enough, you know. Ugh. So they're thinking that Cleo must have spun the curses. And maybe that's why Juniper had tried to tell her that and why the Moonling had killed him. As her and Oro, which they're still like, they're not partners, they're not talking or anything, but there's this bird that keeps showing up that they're thinking is like a spy for Cleo. On one night, Isla is at like the place of mirrors and she sees Cleo, but Cleo doesn't see her. And so Isla follows her to the Moonling um, Isle or Isle of Moon, whatever it's called. Um, And this bird like shows up, basically alerting her. And Cleo attacks her and puts her in ice. And just when Isla is about to die, Oro rescues her. And she's so mad at him. He's like, no, I did not betray you. Like, one of the places where darkness meets light is on the moon isle, which was basically impossible to access without Cleo. So I needed her so I could, so I changed the matches. He's like, I was never very far from you. Like, I knew when you moved into the place of mirrors, I guarded the entrance. And so she kind of forgives him. She's like, okay, I see what you mean. Like, you needed to match up with her, but also I'm really butthurt. Um, But they continue on, like, their searches and everything. Um, to try and find the places that light and dark can meet. They they keep, like, thinking about it some more. During one of the, the nights, though, um, her helper, Ella, which is, like, kind of her maid servant or whatever, comes to her, and she's like, there's a ruler has been attacked, and she said, which one? Starling, which is Celeste, her best friend. So they find Celeste floating in the middle of this maze, and she's, like, frozen. She's in a coma. At that point... Isla is frantic. She's like, I got to help my friend. I got to find this heart. I got to figure out what to do. And she's like, tell me what book that you read about the heart in. Um, And he's like, well, it's an old one. I found it in a hidden library. And she's like, oh, ding, 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 hidden library. That's what we've been trying to look for. So it's actually in his quarters um, that there's this hidden library. And so she goes in there and they read this book and we find out that there was Horus Ray, which is the king's ancestor. There was Grimm's ancestor, Cronin, but also 
her ancestor created the island as well. So there's three of them, and their name was Lark Crown. And she made the land that they stood on, so the island was named after her. So honestly, so much is happening. Like, but it's so interesting. It's so interesting. And I, I hope that you're along this ride with me. I know that this is a long podcast, but this is a very interesting book that I feel like I have to tell you all of these things. Uh, she starts to enjoy being with Grimm, and they kind of cuddle. And her and the king are still trying to figure out what these riddle means, r- what these riddles mean, what the prophecy means. So they know the heart is on Moon Isle. And they know that it contains all the power from the windling, sunling, and nightshade. And we know that it was used to spin the curses. And we know that it blooms regularly when it's needed in different places where darkness meets light. And so she starts to think about that phrase more. Okay, but what if it's not a place like they've been thinking? What if it's a time? So dawn, dusk, when darkness meets light. And... At one point, I can't remember, I didn't write it down. At one point, she starts to think about um, this phrase, like, little bird. Um, And she thinks, like, bird. Like, I think the bird was trying to tell us something. Every time that it would show up and, like, squawk in her ear, they thought that it was, like, Cleo's little pet, but it wasn't. So she's like, we have to find that bird. And every time that they had stepped on, stepped on Moon Island, or Moon Isle, uh, the bird had followed her relentlessly. So she's like, okay, um, maybe it was trying to tell her something. And she's like, I know where the heart is. So they go to the Moon Isle, and she finds the bird, and she follows it into a tree and into a nest. And that Isla, Isla knew the heart was there somewhere. And all they had to do was wait until dawn. Um, and right below the nest, when it did hit dawn, uh, right below the nest, something was floating in the air, basically untethered to gravity. And they're like, is that an egg? And it cracks. The egg cracks right at dawn. And her and the king are like, okay, the full egg represented the moon. The yolk is the sun. So the heart is hidden until it blooms and becomes a part of light lark. But this time the heart had returned as the very basis of life, which was an egg. And so they're like, oh my gosh, we did it. They found they had to find a cave for Oro, though, because he's not able to go in the sunlight, remember? So he's in this cave watching her climb this tree. And she is able to grab the yoke, which is the, the heart. And she gets hit by an arrow. And they're these moonling people. And so she falls. Um, Oro is actually able to use his power of fire to, like, kill them instantly. But he couldn't step out of the cave to heal her, at least not during the day. Um, And so she's clutching this heart uh, with her hand while hers is, like, dying, basically. And she has this necklace that Grimm gave her in the beginning. And he said, like, he like hid it from everyone's view except for her he's like touch this stone i will always come and find you so she does and he takes her away and she's healed but she also remembers um it was told to her only those in wildling and nightshade or sunling could claim the heart and use it but isla didn't have powers 
um, but it had still recognized her and helped heal her. That's what it was. Um, Grim didn't heal her. The heart actually healed her. And when she wakes up, she's told that Celeste is awake as well. So as promised, um, Oro says, like, the choice of which realm to save is yours because you've got the heart. And she immediately says Starling. And she asks him, okay, then who dies? And he says Nightshade, which she was not okay with because she has liked Grimm. Like, she really likes him. And um, he's like, you know what? He was the only thing standing between us in great danger until we found the heart. So she goes to Celeste and she's like, hey, I know where the bond breaker is. I was in that hidden library of Oros. We can still find this. We can still use this plan. But let's also bring Grimm into our original plan. Like, let's split the blood cost of the bond breaker three ways. And she's like, okay, like Celeste says, I'll get the bond breaker. You bring whatever remaining healing elixir you have so that like no one becomes suspicious. And I know that this episode is getting really long and I am so sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger and I want you to stay tuned until next week on what happens the rest of the book because this is where all the different changes happen this is where all the twists happen we already kind of know a little bit of the twists but yes I am going to be that person and I want you to stay tuned to next week and hopefully I'll be on a cruise I don't know maybe I won't be um but yeah I I want you to read this book I really do or stay tuned um Big things are going to happen in this book, and you're going to be surprised. You really will. So I'm grateful for you guys. I know you're probably like, you're the worst. I know. I get it, but I'm going to be that person. But I'm grateful for you. And follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on all the social medias. And I will talk to you next week. (laughs) 